It's been a decade since Hello Kelly was last on The Antidote for a talk. Now they're here again, and we have Francie Goudreau and Cormac Elms on board. It's a treat for me to have you guys. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Thanks for having us. You always amaze me, Francie. Your vocals are crisp and clean. It must surprise people that you have a fairly severe stutter. In the past, you brought that up on the song, The Communication Breakdown. Here are the words I want to say, dying to communicate, stuck inside this breakdown. I want to say it, but can't get it out. How do you manage? Yeah, okay, so I have had a stutter for a long time since I was a kid. Um, and actually, the reason I'm able to speak fluently now is because I'm pre-recording these answers. That's one of the ways that I'm able to still uh, give interviews. Um, so as a kid, you know, with a stutter, you know, I was smart, I was creative, but it's hard to show that side of you when you can't express yourself. And all that changed, of course, when I discovered that I could write songs, you know, and suddenly I can say whatever I want in these songs. I can express all of these, you know, thoughts and feelings. And so, especially early on, that's a big part of why Hello Kelly was so significant to me. And, of course, there are times when uh, it's still a struggle, you know. I often wish that I could give interviews in the regular way or that I could be that cool front man on stage who is able to tell stories and crack jokes. Um, however, I've spent a long time, you know, dealing with all of that, you know, shame and weird stuff, and it's just been really helpful and really cathartic to accept I am who I am, and I speak how I speak. And along the way, I've kind of been, um, let's say, encouraged often to push this side of the story forward to try to get Hello Kelly publicity. And I'm happy to talk about this, of course, but for me, it's more about the fact that, you know, all of us have something, you know, in our lives that, that makes us feel defective. You know, it just so happens that the thing I have is very obvious. Um, and so if me on stage, you know, in spite of this is like somehow inspiring or something, then that is fantastic. We have just decided not to, you know, hit that quite so hard just because there are different things that we're excited to talk about in our songs, you know, and I think that people understand that. I know about the Hello Kelly name, but I'm sure some of our listeners don't. 
How about giving us the story? So when I was in grade 12, my girlfriend at the time, uh, she had this friend named Kelly. And Kelly worked at the local Dairy Queen. <laughs> so, you know, I would go in there to get ice cream. And one time I'm in there and she sits down and says, if you ever start a new band, you should call it Hello Kelly. And this sounds crazy, but like something about just the way that she said it, it seemed important somehow. I don't understand it. So then fast forward to when we're, you know, starting the tour and people started to ask what our name meant. And I just really wanted to sound smart, you know, so I started to say things like, you know, Kelly is our fans and, you know, all of our songs are just, you know, they're trying to speak to Kelly. And... I guess that sounded cool, but we were young and we didn't really know how to go about actually doing that. And so that kind of ultimately became like a source of attention. And we weren't really sure what to do with that. It kind of messed with like our ability to just have fun. <laughs> um so now here we are today, you know, and and that's something that we've had to kind of talk about and figure out. And the place I'm at now is like, I just think about when I was a kid, you know, and I felt strange. Um, I felt like I was different than everyone else and like that's the kid that's the person that we're trying to sing to so I guess in a weird way it's kind of come full circle um in the way that like I guess Kelly is the fan but we really had to take all that you know heavy significance away and just allow it to be something that's fun and uh, personally I think it's better for it. Hello Kelly was a big deal in southern Ontario during the early and mid 2000s. You guys were always playing shows and releasing new music. It's like you were on the fast track to the big time. Was that the hope? So yeah when we came up in Ontario, you know, in like 04, 05, 06, uh, we were having a lot of fun. And, uh, and people started to tell us that we should have been bigger than we were. And, you know, whether that was true or not, it, it kind of screws with your head to hear that kind of stuff. Um, and so I personally became pretty obsessed with success. I suddenly was able to express how I felt. And so I really wanted to be 
recognized, you know, and I kind of, I kind of lost sight on what was important for a long time. And I had to take some time to, to untangle and heal a lot of that. And I'm not afraid to talk about how I really had to rediscover um, a lot of my faith, you know, in order to be able to see all that had become toxic. The place we're at now is that we, we are just really enjoying keeping it as simple as we can. I think there's something really respectable and cool and chill about just being a really great band in your city. So uh, we are just really excited for when we're able to start to play shows and to see what happens naturally. The music game hasn't been easy for Hello Kelly. When we spoke 10 years ago, I asked if it was difficult to find a label that you could work with. The band had a tough experience. Well, uh, I just talked about how I had become really obsessed with success. Yeah, and uh, so I have to kind of slow down when I talk about this because... You know, it's it's kind of a sensitive uh, subject, but um, so we hit a ceiling, you know, in Ontario, and we signed to an indie label called Seven Spin in 2007, and we actually had a great experience recording and touring our first self-titled record that came out in 08. And then (laughs) uh, the label ran out of cash and that was right around the time when the music industry was like totally changing, you know? And so we had signed a deal based on, you know, how things had been going for a long, long time and then suddenly it all changed. Whoops. So, uh, you know, I remember that we hoped that they would, you know, understand that and be open to altering, you know, the the contract. But uh, they held us to it instead. And so I spent a long time upset about that. Um, I wanted to blame them, you know. And sure, it's unfortunate how it all played out, but, you know, the fact is that I signed it, you know, and uh, that's how contracts are. So um, that really took the wind out of our sails because that put us in a situation where now we had to pay for the recording of our projects, but Seven Spin was still in control of releasing them. And so those projects didn't get any promotion at all. (laughs) 
So album two uh, was called Easy For You To Say. Uh, when I hear it today, I can hear, you know, the the frustration. Um, and album three, such a sad story. Uh, it's called Fair Fight. <laughs> and uh, that album was kind of... Uh, our sacrificial lamb, you know, so that we could fulfill the deal, end the band, and kind of, you know, just carry on with our lives. Uh, and when I listen to that album today, I hear a band that knows it's about to die. <laughs> um, and so all of these years since the release of that, you know, it's been such a drag that Hello Kelly closed up shop on such a note of defeat. And so that's why now that we're out of hiatus, um, it's just really exciting because it's literally like we've come back from the dead. <laughs> I went to that label's Facebook page. One of their posts said, It's important to research the band. I first like to get to know my clients outside of the studios. Perhaps I'll go to a few of their gigs. But I'm curious, did they ever actually go to a Hello Kelly gig? The label recordings give me the impression that they didn't. They didn't pick up on your live energy. Yeah, I actually went to find their website a while ago, uh, just out of, let's call it curiosity, and I couldn't find it. So uh, I honestly haven't heard from them in a long time. So I can't speak to anything that they are doing now. Uh, I know that when we signed, we were excited for the label to help us really figure out who we were. Like, remember that back in those days, no one was really teaching you how to figure out your own brand. Uh, and that seems crazy today because there are courses and courses and courses uh, about exactly that but the label didn't really take the time to figure that out and so they just wanted us to be kind of an affordable version of the band Hawk Nelson you know nothing against them but we you know always felt like we weren't quite that. Um, I think we always wanted to be conveyed as a little bit more rough around the edges um, than how the recordings came across. It's so hard to know exactly. But the silver lining of all of that is that now we really do, you know, understand what it is we're trying to do. And having such a clear focus feels amazing. And the fact that we've had a lot of fans say, 
your new material sounds like what you've been trying to sound like this whole time. That feels awesome. Francie, you and I have been messaging and I'd asked you about your Fair Fight album. You told me that the release works best in its entirety, but this is the age of the single. Do people still want to listen all the way through an album? Um, if I'm discovering someone new, I'm always going to want like at least honey pee because I really want to get to know the band's story, get to know what it is that they are trying to say. Um, and I find that if we're only releasing singles, uh, then we're only writing airtight, super accessible pop songs. And uh, we never get to hear the artist's deep cuts, you know, the explorations and the strange ideas. And to me, that stuff's kind of where you really figure out who a band is. Um, Although ultimately, I kind of think that you know, everyone approaches music in their own way. And uh, if you're setting out to be, you know, a commercial artist, then one of your jobs is to make your stuff as accessible as it can be. Um, and today, that means we need to release singles so that people have an easy way in. And we personally, we are always going to have stuff to say. And so we always want to have an album there so that if people want to really sink their teeth in, it's easy for them to do that. I want to hear from you, Cormac. I mean, that's an interesting question. Uh, I'm not sure if you knew, but Adele had Spotify change the way that her recent album works on the platform for everybody. No matter who you are, you have to listen to it front to back. You cannot skip songs. And I think that's incredible. Number one, she's got that kind of sway over a company like Spotify, but it also kind of uh, reignites the love of the idea of a long play album, a story told from front to back the way that the artist, you know, puts it together. Um, I'm a big fan of, you know, flicking through albums and finding the the singles or the songs that I like the most and perhaps building my own like artist playlist out of those. But I also understand that some stories um, and some albums are built like a book. You know, you, you don't start a book in the middle and then work your way out to the front and to the back cover. You know, you go from cover to cover. So I feel like as long as you build um, an album in such a way and make a big enough deal of, hey, you know, we've really worked hard on this. We want you to experience it from front to back. Maybe they will be interested in doing that. And I think if a band like us is perhaps looking to maybe uh, print vinyls, you know, one day, that will be easier to ensure that they're going to listen to it front to back if you give them a vinyl. True enough. But of course, we're still talking about a generation that grew up on Sesame Street And he had all these short little tiny vignettes. And I think that's almost what people were expecting with music nowadays. Yeah, I mean, we've done it too. You know, we've put out a lot of singles and 
recently the EP. So we, we get it as well. But I think, you know, working on a, a larger project, you can take liberties in trying to kind of guide people in the way that, hey, like, it's this is art after all. This is the way that it's best experienced. If you would like to experience it in the way that we've put it together, we encourage you to do so. If you don't want to, feel free to, like, listen to it from back to front. <laughs> <laughs> I want to pull in a song from Fair Fight. The kids aren't all right. Part of the chorus says, this time the kids aren't all right. We're broken inside. We're playing to the sky, but we're not alive. And of course, you guys are adults now. Has your viewpoint changed? Okay, that is an interesting question. The kids aren't all right. Uh, I wrote that song after I spent some time talking to some kids at a gig we were doing at a camp and uh, they were being really uh, vulnerable about some of the stuff that they face growing up you know at home at school and some of that stuff was like really dark Um, and back then we were spending a lot of time on the road with Christian bands who were, you know, claiming to do ministry, and I'm sure a lot of them did. But when I heard about the stuff those kids were going through, it just made me aware of how afraid a lot of these artists were to, like, talk about that stuff. And uh, I just got really frustrated and, uh, you know, equally at them and us. And I didn't really know what else to do about that except talk about all of it in in a song. Between the then and now of Hello Kelly, Francie, you were still making music both under your own name and with your wife as Lightheart. Why make the jump back into this band thing? So when Hello Kelly first started, we were really fortunate that things took off so quickly. We got to skip a lot of steps. um, And I definitely did not realize how significant it was back then that playing in a band had given me of voice um and so then when those label problems started to pop up uh it wasn't easy to express myself any more uh and so i started to force it and hello kelly became a very toxic thing uh to me I did not have an identity outside of it, you know? And uh, I got to a really pretty dark place inside. (laughs) Yeah, and um, I finally found myself in a church full of misfit, tattooed, you know, freaks. and, uh, And it was them who showed me how toxic it had all become and they helped me to realize that if I 
was going to heal, I had to set it aside. And that's when I realized that Hello Kelly was going to have to close up shop. And so then I was free to experiment um, with my solo music and with um, Lightheart, which is a band I started with Julia, my amazing wife. And uh, doing those projects helped a lot of that toxic stuff to heal. Um, And so then that's what made it easier when Hello Kelly came along again, it was easier to say yes, because being able to do all of this again from a healthy place, that has been such a joy. I've got to say that it's great that Hello Kelly is back and with a new release, Saturday Morning, the EP. It has this bright pop sound, but the songs aren't all fluff. It covers some pretty serious ground. Like the song Wake when it says, Sleepwalking again, I'm on the edge of a cold night's sleep. Never know what I want. I'm in the dark about who I want to be. But seriously, do we ever discover who we want to be? Or is it better just to keep reinventing ourselves? (laughs) These are pretty deep questions. I love it. Um, You know, I think that we're lucky enough to live in a place in the world where really the possibilities are endless about who we could end up being. Um, And I feel like I've gone through a a lifetime of possibilities already. And I'm only, you know, I'm approaching 30 in January. (laughs) So I feel like it could go either way. You know, I'm a barber right now. I'm a a musician. Um, At one point in my life, I thought I was going to end up in the military my parents really encouraged me down that road and it didn't really pan out. But um, I feel like, you know, you're your own author. If you need to reinvent yourself, if you've, you know, picked a mountain, you've conquered that one, and then you set your sights on the next mountaintop and you have to be someone else to get to the top of that, then, you know, that's, that's your story. That's the arc that you want to live out. And In the context of the band, I feel like we're reinventing ourselves a little bit because I feel like there's still some Hello Kelly flavor sprinkled all over these songs. They're just a little bit different, a little bit uh, more mature and a little bit more grown up, perhaps. Well, of course, Cormac, you're a new part of the band, so I want to hear from you about this. Did you know anything about Francie and Hello Kelly before joining? You know, Canada's a large place, um, and so is Ontario, but uh, it's it's really not that big. It's, uh, it's a pretty small world, after all. Um, I was hired to play a string of shows for another local London band, To Tell, uh, oh, with yeah. Zach Havens. And uh, in that day, we played three shows back-to-back. We played a high school summer year-end party outside, and then we went to open a Christian retreat called overflow we're kind of like the hype band to get the the kids riled up for the weekend (laughs) and then directly after that we went to the university and played a show there and i think there's two other bands on that docket that night and one of them was hello kelly (laughs) which is so weird and uh to be honest um all due respect to to zach havens and and to two but 
we watched them play and I'm like, what, how are we going on after these guys? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so that was my first ever experience. I didn't really have a chance to talk to Francie, uh, that night, just kind of experienced the band. And I think that's probably the, the better way of doing it. And then, um, years later I was doing photography for another Christian retreat, different organization. And, um, they had a, like the worship band and, uh, Francie was actually playing bass for that lineup, and Brent, our drummer, was playing drums. And uh, we just bumped into him, and we had a good chit-chat about how life was since that night, seeing him with uh, Tutel and what his plans were and if he was still doing his own music thing. And, you know, we encouraged him to get Hello Kelly back up and running, and he kind of just, like, brushed the comment aside, like he really wasn't uh, serious about it. And then fast forward another year or so, I'm at Brent's wedding. I'm his best man. And of course, Francie was invited and uh, basically um, begged him to get the band back together in whatever form he was going to. We said that you should really do it, um, encouraged him to do so. And um, I found out that he did and he enlisted Brent's help to play drums. And I've just flat out texted him and asked him, I was like, dude, if you're looking for a bass player, please let me do it. <laughs> and then, you know, now we're here. So this is definitely then not a Craigslist band. No. The four of us right now, absolutely not a Craigslist lineup. Aiden is the other key member. He is the uh, the synth player, keyboard player, guitar player extraordinaire. And he is a friend of uh, myself and Brent's and just a, a wizard. He's the kind of musician that when he picks up a an instrument for the first time in front of you and you've been trying to master that the instrument for years and he just picks it up and runs with it. You just kind of want to burn all your instruments. Um, <laughs> um, and then uh, this missing elusive fifth member would be uh, electric guitar leads. Right now we enlist the help of uh, a gentleman. His name is Jack divine and he's from the States. We hire him and he, he writes some killer stuff for us, but uh, we're always on the hunt for that missing and ever elusive member number five. Uh, so that might be a Craigslist uh, <laughs> member. We don't know. <laughs> well, let's talk about that new EP because Saturday morning begins with sweet nostalgia. I thought it was going to be reminiscing about the old Hello Kelly days, but I was way off base. Yeah. I mean, nostalgia is a, a, a funny thing. Off the top of my head, I don't think that there's a direct um, opposite of nostalgia. So looking at nostalgia through our eyes, it can be the way that we look at things almost through like rose-tinted glasses, the way that we want to remember them. But there's also like a negative side to the past and experiences and all that good stuff. Um, I think that we're all a little bit older. We're all inching closer to 30, either the other side of it or just about to approach it. And I think that... um, you know, now during this whole COVID situation that the world is in, I think more and more people are looking for an escape. And nostalgia, I think, is a very powerful um, escapism drug, you know? I 100%. Feel like we, yeah. We all look at the past and think about what it used to be like when we could just go out to shows and share food and not have to wear masks and all of the, this other stuff that we have to do now. Um, and I think that we are aware that like sex used to sell incredibly well. Nostalgia, I think is its only real competitor right now. And I think in some instances it probably sells 
better than the latter. Yeah, we're all just in a time of our lives where we're looking at the things that we used to love and we wish we were there now. And I think this this whole project is this older, more mature look at our past and trying to use that to get through the the struggle in the next couple of years and whatever it holds for us, COVID or, or not COVID. Francie, I need to ask you about your Nintendo addiction. It's the theme for Saturday morning, the EP. Now, I need to know, are you getting help? <laughs> well, yeah, there are certainly people who are more addicted than I am, but uh, I I am certainly a fan, yeah. Um, video games, you know, can help kids, man, a lot. And, uh, I mean, personally, they just gave me a place where I could feel safe, you know? Um, and, like, I was good at saving planets and stuff. Um, I'm really grateful for the people who set out to create games to, you know, be a safe place for kids. I think that's so important. And I know that uh, all of us in Hello Kelly would love the opportunity to partner with a game developer somehow. Uh, I think that would be really exciting. Hello Kelly hints at being Christian, but I'd never call you a ministry band. The new EP has one about questioning faith, looking for you. Has faith been a struggle? <laughs> yeah, well, I personally believe that faith is supposed to be kind of a struggle. I once had a pastor explain it like, faith always starts out simple, and then it always grows complex. And that's where a lot of folks become disenfranchised and, uh, and call it quits, you know. But um, I think that, you know, if it's possible, we can try to fight through that, you know, and find a simplicity on the other side of the complexity, except it's a deeper kind of simplicity. It's possible that sounds totally crazy, but that's where the song Looking For You came from, is when I was in that season of complexity. Because um, Hello Kelly came up in the Christian uh, music industry, right? And, uh, you know, I was so privileged, you know, uh, and things were going great. And so I had every reason to uh, believe all of the things that the church were saying were true. But then things started to become challenging. Um, I knew people, sick people, who had died despite tons of people praying for them. Um, I had these lovely friends who the church had hurt just because they weren't straight. 
you know, and all of these things, something wasn't adding up. I think that some people think that deconstructing your faith, you know, is a sign that you're weak or something. But I think that it's supposed to be a struggle, you know, and um, I think that it's really important to take apart what you believe because there are usually toxic things inside of there. And so when you take it apart, you can take those toxic things out and you're going to be surprised that, you know, it can still stand up. At least that's the experience that I had. And um, I'm really grateful that I have been able to find my way into a deeper kind of simplicity now. And, um, you know, I do believe things now that a lot of Christians would say that um, they would say disqualify me from calling myself a Christian. But I don't care. <laughs> and that's how I identify. And uh, I feel a lot of peace about it. It's fantastic. I went to the Hello Kelly website, and it looks like you've been teasing your fans. It says, March 2022, announcement coming soon. So you're not giving anything away with that? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think March might even be a, a typo that we need to change to April. So we'll get right on that. Um, but I, m I might as well tell you, um, we have been working on a full length album. It's so long that if we wanted to put it on uh, vinyl, it would have to be a double LP. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I feel like that's saying enough about how big the project is. And if I could say, you know, a few other things about it, um, I feel, and Francie would agree, this is what he's always wanted Hello Kelly to sound like this album it's fully realized in the discussions that francie and i've had he is very happy with the work that he's put into it and the work that we've all put into it and uh it's definitely in a place right now looking at the whole project from above we're we're super happy about it and we're just excited to to put it out and to have people listen to it but i won't say any more than that i've already said too much i've already, I've already said too much <laughs> You're giving too much away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got some, we've got a, some surprises. Well, then, something that would tie into that, I mean, I guess if you were going to be summing up Saturday morning, how reflective is this EP versus what's going to be coming in the future? Hmm. I wish that weeks started on a Saturday, and that would tell the story perfectly. Saturday morning, you reminisce about sitting in front of cartoons that they television the quality that they just don't make anymore eating your favorite cereal it's the best day and you don't have any responsibilities you can go outside you can ride your bike for hours whatever it is that you're going to do play video games um like it's a sugary bright fantastical nostalgic start to your week and the week should start with a saturday a sunday and then the rest of the week so if you can translate that into what I am saying about the project at large. It's a, a sweet, sugary, nostalgic little taste test of what's to come.
Now, can I tell you something from reality? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All of those points all come back, and that's exactly how you'll be living once you retire. <laughs> yeah, every day is a weekend. <laughs> Guys, it's been great having you. Thanks for your time and your thoughts about Hello Kelly. Thank you for uh, doing this. Uh, it's, uh, it's been a real pleasure.